edition of the U.S. Foxes podcast coming to you live from various time zones around the U.S. I, as always, am your host, Matt Folks, joined by my entire full team of co-hosts this evening, starting with Mr. Jason Becker in New York City. We can see him through the smoke. You hanging in? You hanging in there, buddy? I have to say, uh, New York City right now is a paradise for anyone who wanted to see the world through our Cormac-colored badge on the home shirt this season. The whole city looks like the home shirt, uh, the, the badge on the home shirt uh, this year, and um, and smells like, um, I guess, all of all of Brendan Rodgers' excuses. Perfect. Yeah, that was uh, that's very appropriate. Every photo that I've seen, first of all, it's it's awful. It's almost terrifying, you know, um, seeing stuff like that. Like it just has this ghastly, you know, feel to every photo. But yeah, gold gold tint definitely like the badge. That's that's perfect. Um, also joining us down in Houston, Texas. I always do Chris first, so I'm going to do it reverse. Down in Houston, Texas, Mister. Jim Harris, the Texas Fox himself. What's up, bud? How are you? I'm doing well. Um, thankfully, the the smoke's not reached down here yet. So um, I'm glad Jason's doing well. And he's going to be looking through this rose-tinted prism for this spectacular season that we um, just experienced and as we look back. But yeah, all good, all good down here. Thanks. I was wondering if this was uh, if it was one of your famous briskets that was causing <laughs> this, and then just wafted all the way up to New York. Just meat smoke, meat, yeah. Uh, luckily, no, no. The only smoke we have uh, going on here in in wonderful San Diego is people enjoying their various vitamins. So uh, it's all <laughs> self inflicted smoke here. Uh, not right, Chris, uh, up in Del Mar. California about people ask me how far is Del Mar from where uh, I am in Ocean Beach and where Chris used to be when we did this podcast live it's about no traffic you're looking at what 20 minutes I'd say 20 minutes mate yeah no I'm doing yeah. all right mate yeah I'd say the other smoke might have been the fume that was coming out of my ears over the past two weeks after watching that and thinking about the season but yeah um crazy crazy times all over the world i mean this is what happens leicester gets relegated and all hell breaks loose all over the world but no it's great to see you boys and um yeah hopefully we can use today as a bit of a laugh and a therapy session to kind of <laughs> deal with what happened and kind of look forward and look back on the season yeah the uh canada foxes took it really hard apparently and just started lighting shit on fire so um they they really cooked the relegation hard apparently <laughs> Um, yeah, guys, unless you've been living under a rock, which I mean, at this point, that'd be pretty cool because you wouldn't have heard the news. But uh, we have gone down once again. Uh, the yo-yo club uh, that we are is back. It's reared its ugly head, unfortunately. But yes, um, after, you know, a good result, uh, as far as the team put in, they suddenly decided to play. We get the win, but uh, useless, useless Bournemouth uh fuck those guys i mean were they even trying to get the ball forward because after i mean i know after we watched we were watching san diego and i it really after we scored the first goal i was pretty much watching the bournemouth match because it did look to me at least like despite uh any hopes we might have had going in that bournemouth especially when i saw i think jason you're the one that texted me that they were they had their start our backup keeper playing I was like, oh boy, here we go. What well, we're uh, 
I guess your your thoughts on that whole situation, Jason. Yeah, I, but then I saw after that last time he did play against Everton, Bournemouth won three nil. But I kind of made up my mind going into the day that I was going to try not to um, watch that Bournemouth Everton Bournemouth game if I could help it because it just felt like you know it's it's hard enough right to 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 will Leicester City football club this year to score a goal win a game and do what they have to do and it's uh i have to tell you like as bad as that was this year it's way worse like doing that for some side who doesn't give two shits about you like it's it's not fun so i probably watched about like two three minutes of that game and realized it was just like making everything worse for me so i just went back to to arguing yeah, I that's I don't know. I just I guess I'm a glutton for punishment because I uh, you did the right move. I had to watch fucking Pickford falling all over the place and acting hurt, and it just I didn't know I could hate that guy more, Chris. And uh, sure enough, I did. Well, the thing that got me the most was you had to watch two teams that were absolute dog shit to be like, and we lost. We went down over an Everton side that were just it was just so they were so bad like we've we've bemoaned ourselves all seeing how bad we are but when when you watch some of those other teams down there it kind of puts it into perspective like how trash it is at the bottom of the league and yeah mate i'm with you i i'm with jason we kind of flicked over a little bit to watch some of the bournemouth game but ultimately it was it was more just kind of focus on leicester and hope the cards had fallen into the place. I mean, there is that moment, I don't know, 95th minute when he puts it straight at Pickford. You're kind of thinking, yeah. is that it? Like, would any other team, would it have gone to the side or would it have bounced off Pickford and fell at the centre forward's feet? But Leicester City, you know, just go straight at him and yeah, we're down, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, where, uh, where, so Chris and I did not no, did not watch the game together. Chris was much smarter and uh, headed down south of the border. What, so you were you just watching in some beautiful resort? We were one, no, we were watching it in Mexico City, actually. Oh, so shit. we were in Mexico City at that point. So before I was probably the saddest person that's ever visited the Frida, Car- well, the, we went to the Frida Carla Museum, Carlo Museum, the Blue House after the game. And I was just moping around there, like so that that didn't really help anything because it's an amazing place to go and encourage people if they're ever down there to check it out. But yeah, that didn't help my mood at all. And then, um, but the only good thing I suppose, boys, is that I got to drink my body weight in tequila and mezcal and eat my body weight in incredible Mexican street food for three days. So there is there was a silver lining on my end, but. Matt, I can't imagine at the Blue Foot with like just all the other Premier League fans what that was quite like. It it varied. It ranged all over the place because you know I don't. They had a they had a whole event with a DJ. For those you don't know, they they did a they do a pretty big here. There's a big uh, Premier League. Um, you know, there's a pretty good representation for most teams here as far as Premier League fans in San Diego, and and they all pretty much showed up for the most part and. Yeah, depending on who the fan base was, it, it varied from laughing at us to, um, you know, condolences. So shout out to those people that weren't assholes, total assholes. Um, but yeah, we missed you definitely. Uh, we had a great showing. Uh, we had about 25 of us there 
Um, and it, uh, it was, it was sad for sure. It was, it was also, you know, tough watching people go through relegation for the first time, uh, that have joined the team fandom here re more recently that, that, that almost was even harder to watch for, you know, some of our faithful foxes here in San Diego, but, um, a sad day, but, uh, we, we turned it into something great. I was so drunk. I, it's been, I had an epic, epic hangover the next day. It's been a long time, probably, when I was in New York city celebrating with you, Jason it was the last time I was that hung over. Um, we, we hey, Matt, before we go on, we should probably shout out our fellow Fox, Kim, who may have had the possibly the f worst 48 hours. Yeah. Do anything. tell, do tell, 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 tell those people so about Kim, that. God bless her. She's a wonderful, wonderful person. A San Diego Fox was the original kind of person that catalyzed our amazing group. And, she is both a Leicester City and Borussia Dortmund fan. Basically, she traced her family history back and she found out that her family were um, from close to Dortmund. So, yeah, she went to the she went down Saturday all excited to see potentially her team win the Bundesliga. That didn't happen. She went back to the Blue Fox on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> saw her other team get relegated so god bless you kim we love you we love you we love you 48 hours that is it's uh yeah it was tough the only uh i i guess the only thing it hopefully makes you feel a little bit better the announcement today that our san diego loyal here uh are playing a friendly against dortmund this summer so she'll get to see her two two of her favorite teams play each other. That'll that'll be a fun event. But yeah, shout out Kim. But Bluefoot was fun. Uh, we miss you, like I said. Uh, but yeah, it it was definitely a, a a sad day. But I honestly feel like it a weight has kind of been lifted because it was almost like I had resigned myself to us going down, and then we had this fucking hope that was suddenly thrust upon us and then it was like okay they, they pulled the blanket off again jim did your was your game day uh spent special at all or do you guys just sit around the house watch we had um we had about 10 to 12 people over we it was a long weekend of course so we were hosting we had six friends from out of town staying and so i they they tried to be jolly and and sympathize and i think in that point is the worst thing that anyone can possibly say to you you know it's just to kind of uh, even though they saw like the score line and i was like you guys i didn't watch the game i just had the tv on and i thought um, okay at least i can watch us win and i kind of mini went through some of what the fans in the stadium were going through with some of these false hope cheers of oh have everton scored and i couldn't believe how many like rumors on the last day in this modern day and age were going around that, you know, Bournemouth, Bournemouth had scored. And it was, so I kind of had the, some of the ups and downs that, that would have been experienced and then had the sort of friends walking in who know nothing about the game going, oh, you're winning. That's what you needed to do, right? And like, oh, yeah, that was lovely. We needed to win, but also something else had to happen. And just explaining sort of what this meant and, it was you know to people who don't follow football like that it was kind of coming down to sort of like hey this is like this is like a playoff final day this is like final day of the you know regular season to make or break your season you know this so it was lovely to see them and i didn't feel very social for um probably a, a couple of hours which um but then i kind of got out my funk and we all went and at dim sum and had a great great day in the end and 
and celebrated and had some um had some good times where you know people helped me like get through it and it was nice to actually kind of talk to people who didn't want to talk about a game you know in a way because otherwise i'd probably be wallowing still to this very moment and um like same as you lots of friends who are following teams from other clubs around you know that i work with or you know my friends and in, in houston or, or work have been very very kind actually and i think it's nice to see that we had a place that was special for others as well you know the great achievement we had but it doesn't it doesn't make it any sweeter apart from potentially learning some new players and maybe we'll have some exciting signings and and so forth and i know that's something we want to talk about later definitely man i it's it's like i said it i feel like a we can now move forward. You know, we, we played and towed the line for so long and now we can accept where we are. And, you know, I've heard multiple people say that, that relegation was what needed to happen to kind of right the ship that if we would have stayed up, it would have been basically bandaging, you know, over a, a, a nasty wound to just keep walking forward. So now that we are down and can't accept it, guys, there's all sorts of news going on we've got players heading out we've got players heading in some 14 year old i saw a goalkeeper from uh what what club was that chris did you see mansfield town shout out robbie savage I think. robbie savage mansfield town yes 14 year old goalkeeper sorry not mansfield macclesfield i think it was sorry macclesfield okay so um yeah, guys, first off, players out that have taken off, and, and depending on who they are, they left some goodbye messages. There were some heartfelt goodbyes. Uh, Yuri Tielemans heads out. That's the first one. Let's let's start with him, um, a player that uh, has created one of the most iconic moments in Leicester City history and uh, pretty much pissed that goodwill away, depending on who you talk to with uh, refusing to sign contracts, et cetera, et cetera. And then we don't sell him, and now he's leaving on a free. So, Jason, starting with you, Yuri, um, did you get a first? Did you get a chance to see his goodbye message? Well, was yeah, yeah. I saw that you know thing that he had like some PR firm put together probably weeks and months before. So uh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. I just like. Um, didn't didn't move me at all but it was you know i guess it was um nice that's you know who, whoever did that whatever intern put that together i guess good job yeah great 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 work but uh yeah yuri you know he's um uh, you know to be honest he just wasn't he scored a couple of bangers this year and just wasn't good just just didn't look good just couldn't couldn't run couldn't tackle, couldn't do the things that, that you need a midfielder to do in, in the Premier League. And now, you know, and, and his contract and the whole situation was really just badly managed. It was just like we were so desperate to, you know, hang on to a, um, a significant other who was like already, you know, moved on from you. Right. And doing whatever you can. Oh, you know, baby, please stay. I'll do this for you. I'll do that. You know, proposing, you know, pro proposing, getting it to get, trying to get a dog or something to save the relationship. Yes, yeah. I'll do the dishes. I'll do the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> and it was clear he was, he was never, never staying. And, you know, just like, it just kind of summed up kind of everything that's kind of going wrong, the lack of planning 
and lack of foresight. This is a club that no one wanted to believe was in trouble. No one, none of the players on the staff and, and certainly the board didn't want to see it. And this is when you need some real leadership, especially when your captain is out. And so what do we do? We start like trying to give the band, the armband to Yuri Tillemans all the time. And Brendan Rogers, you know, giving him hand jobs in the press if he had any chance against <laughs> And look what we got, you know, out of it. Not much this year, but I will say um, I'll always have time for for Yuri. Um, and you know, that's a little, maybe a little bit of my frustration talking. But you know, I think generally Yuri Chilimans is is genuinely um, a good dude. Um, he scored one of the greatest goals that that has ever been scored in a Leicester City shirt, and gave us one of the greatest memories that um, any football fan could have. And that means a lot, especially when it happened, you know, after COVID and just like how cathartic and amazing that was. And for a lot of us, it was the first chance that a lot of us were able to get together. Um, it's a shame that only such a few amount of people were allowed into the ground, but um, we actually really, you know, got together and had a big group together and, and it felt amazing. We finally got our white whale, right? We never thought about winning the Premier League. We always thought about winning that FA Cup. And Yuri Tillman's and Kasper Schmeichel won us that FA Cup with some some incredible plays. Um, and and when I think about players that are leaving, I'll always kind of like kind of see Yuri and Aoze together for for two different reasons. Um, one certainly that that awesome goal, right? Aoze gets in the right place at the right time. Um, great block there uh of the, of the clearance even sweeter that it makes chelsea fans cry and say it was a handball and, and it wasn't it's so much better yeah so it just it, it really just makes it that much sweeter the ball you know eventually gets to um to yuri and he scores one of the one of the great goals that you'll ever see at wembley so for me i'll always kind of have that moment that links them two together uh and then um i think a lot of folks may not be aware but earlier uh, in COVID, you know, during, you know, it was a really, really tough time in New York. Um, people at the club were, you know, just trying to check in on, on, on some of us here in New York just to make sure everyone was okay. Cause you know, like thousands of people were dying, you know, it was, it was bad uh, here in New York. We kind of took it, took it on the chin big time. And, um, Yuri Tielemans and Jose Perez both like immediately, volunteer to you know give some time and and do a zoom for for us here in new york and i thought that was just really classy of them to do and something that um i'll always really appreciate because i know that there are a lot of folks on that call that whose spirits were really lifted by by what they did and uh and both of them signed shirts and there was a raffle and they sent sent shirts to the the raffle winners and um you know i was you know kind of making some comments about Yuri's play, et cetera. But um, that's something that, you know, I'll, I'll always be, be, be grateful for that, that he and, and they both, both did that. Definitely class. Um, there's no, there's no doubt about that. And I think when I, when you talk about Yuri for me, I just kind of get upset at how it's ending. Um, yeah. I mean, and that's going to be something that we, we keep coming back to a something that is apparent and, and we might not be done saying as far as who's who still might leave our club guys. Um, I the same way, you know, we talk about guys that just unceremoniously have to leave. I think about 
when he did his lap of honor or whatever you want to call it after the FA Cup win at Wembley and people were saying that was his goodbye lap or whatever. Or I the money, you know, now, you know, if 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 we could have looked back, that was the time when we could have really, really sold and made the best. And and you think no one would have ever had a bad word to say about Yuri Tielemans for the rest of his career in Leicester City, uh, because that that would be the last, that would be the postmark on it. Um Chris, your thoughts on uh, Yuri? Yeah, um, 100% echo what Jason said. I think one of the great things that I'll remember about Yuri is as a, as a man, he really embraced Leicester. And I always remember going on social media and consistently hearing stories from people posting about how he had time to whether it's to speak to people in the park, whether he met people when he was grocery shopping. He always had that approachability and humbleness and was generally, I think, somebody that warmed to the city. So he was a, a great, great person. I mean, football-wise, yeah, he'll. I think we'll never forget the FA Cup goal. Um, Legacy-wise, I think that's a bigger, more interesting question. If you say five years' time from now, and we mentioned Yuri Thielmans, does he get put in the same bucket as Kasper Schmeichel, Jamie Vardy, etc.? Or is he one of those players that we kind of came through as hopefully goes on to the next level scored an important goal for us I think Matt you're like this I think my favorite Yuri moment was Arsenal away during COVID the no look pass down the wing so was it under who squared yeah. it to Vardy and we scored 1-1-0 the smash and grab with the red ball I just remember that game, me and you sitting there watching that and then running around your apartment as <laughs> poor <laughs> Nige was going crazy. Like those that he he always he was so frustrating as a player. For every bad thing he did, he'd go and do something that like no other lesser player could ever go and do, whether it was a no-look pass, whether it was hitting it from 35 yards in the top corner against Wolves, against Chelsea, whatever it would be. Like I think the lack of consistency was probably the biggest frustration about him. And so, no, I wish him well. I It was interesting to hear Tanner on Monday night speak about that maybe some of the kind of rumours that were out there in terms of big six teams actually going after him may not have been as legitimate as kind of what we were led to believe last year, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, but hopefully he can find that team where he can take that next step, play for, play Champions League football. I think this year really highlighted, though, like he's going to have to improve physical-wise to take that next step. Like he got bullied off the ball this year. We couldn't – he just consistently looked like he was not there. And so best of luck to him. Um, I think as a Leicester fan as well, the other thing I'll say is um, – Look, we, we we sometimes I think I'm I'm my I'm the worst person for this. Like we spend thirty million on a player, and we're consistently looking for excuses when they're performing bad, because that's a hell of a lot of money for Leicester City to play on a spend on a player. And I think one of the things that we did as a fan base was at times, especially these last two years, maybe defend Yuri too much. And I think moving forward. If we are going to spend that money on the player, we should be confident as a fan base to be like, hey, you know what? This guy isn't cutting it. Like, we can go and spend 30 million, but it doesn't mean that every one of them is going to work out. So I'd say to Leicester fans as well, like, 
continue to be just learn from this and be brave in those situations. And if he is playing crap, call him out. Like, let's not defend them now. Let's go out and just actually do what other fan bases do. And like 30 million isn't anything. But yeah, we'll miss him. I think that's a good point about just the mentality around the club and how that needs to change because we shouldn't be this yo we are we're historically a yo-yo club but we shouldn't be that anymore especially considering where we were and that's part i think that that kind of mentality goes plays a big part in that and kind of being you know not wanting to to ruffle too many feathers right and we have a lot of folks who are, who are like that uh, and then speaking about like the big six moves not coming to fruition look at who his agent has on his books I mean, the guy the guy's out of his depth it, it, it looks like he's not organizing some big deal and then the bigger clubs all call this bluff yeah it's it, listen we can do a whole episode this summer uh about how recruiting used to be our gold crown on our head and now it's the toilet that we sit on uh but that's a, that's a whole nother thing in itself uh jim any anything else that you want to add about yuri before we move on this illustrious list i think i think guys said it said it like really nice guy sort of person that i think that's in a way what makes it even more disappointing this this last season and the way it kind of you know he clearly didn't want to stay we should have cashed in when we were on the high, but I think also the way we were, you know, the truth, we were going up, we weren't going down at that point when we could have cashed in on him. And I don't, I think it, it's almost a bit of a, a red flag of where was the plan back then when we won the FA Cup to build the team, to bring in continuity to say, okay, we could sell Yuri Tillemans on a high from a cup final goal, from a performance where, you know, he's got another year left on his contract after that. Let's get it out the door. Um, but we didn't. We said, no, we, you know, Brendan Rogers and the team said, no, let's get the team together and stay in Europe and like just try and play that same team. And I, I think that to me was, you know, we talked a bit about this, the beginning of the end of sort of, where was the planning? Where was the continuity? It was almost like, holy shit, we won the FA Cup and now we're in Europe. Not, we just came fifth twice. We came eighth, we won the FA Cup. We won the Premier League and not that long ago as well. Like we were the team that was the Lord, most lauded, well-run club. And then it's sort of the wheels coming off. And I think Yuri is kind of the emblematic player that summarizes it for me. Stuck around, didn't, you know, was part of the sleepwalk to to relegation. You know, he turned up, he didn't, but he didn't put it in the in the final season. He had his head turned. And I think that to me is when you talk about will he be remembered as the great? He won't be up there with certainly Vardy, certainly with Schmeichel, not with Riyad Mahrez, who did more kind of as stood out and has come back and said, Hey, I love this club still. I don't want him to go down. Yeah. He didn't, when he left, it was a very sour pill, but I think we also saw look where he's going and look what he's done since he's left. Whereas, you know, now Lior is linked with Villa. Okay. Villa, Villa now, you know, people saying, well, that's a sideways step. No, it's not Villa in Europe. We're in the championship, but where we were a year ago, we were ahead of Villa and now look what's happened. And I think that's, 
what Jason said and what Chris said. This is why he's not being picked up by the big clubs. He doesn't have the athleticism. Look at McAllister going to Liverpool. Look at what he does. Look at that sort of drive. That's what you need in a midfield. And then look at what Brighton are doing already about positioning to go and sign two or three players to fill that. Like, where are we? We have no clue. And so that that's kind of my... Like, Yuri will be a moments player. Like, cup yeah. final goal, you know, 15 years time, 20 years time, when we're all doing this podcast as old men or older men round that, you know, we'll be like, well, remember that Yuri Tillemans goal in, you know, the cup final? Yeah, that was great, wasn't it? All right, next, what do we talk about? You know, so that, that to me Yuri, is Yuri Tillemans. Yeah. Um, um, Yuri was such a weird thing for me, too, as like a FIFA, you know, I've talked on here before as a FIFA gamer. Uh, Yuri Tielemans, when you were doing a franchise mode, was always like one of the highest rated youngsters that you could sign. And you could, he like would, his potential was like an A++. And then fast forward, so I would always sign him for my Leicester franchise mode. And then you fast forward like six years, and the guy actually ends up signing for us. I'll always remember that part, because that was pretty crazy. And his beans on toast, that's the other memory. And his what? Sorry. His favorite meal being beans on toast. Does anyone believe that? Is that I, really do. I think I think he's the guy who was actually like a freaking love beans on toast. Like I love beans on toast. <laughs> he he said that he liked living there over Monaco. So and he does seem like that hey. kind of personality. Yeah, and that's what endeared him, Jason. And I think it's that kind of we fell in love hard, as you said, and it really hard. And we thought he was the one, right? And now he's. He got he got bored of the relationship and he didn't do the thing that he should have done, See, which is I'm not yeah, in love with yeah. you. I'm walking away. It was oh yeah, I still like you. I still like you. I still like you. Sorry, now it's just time for me to go. I got to move away to a different town. You know, I'm the. It's the summer romance it's, in four it's years. Reminiscent. It's reminiscent of like when we fall, you know, remember when everybody got a flutter when Cambiasso and Yejoa were out jogging every day and everyone was loving in that. And, or even when Brendan, you know, would take his strolls around Bradgate, like all that stuff just is, is it makes you, it makes you uh, endeared to, to the player. But whereas he, I feel like if Yuri would have gotten the exit when he wanted it after the FA Cup, I, I just feel like all that stuff where, that you're saying, Jim, as far as like, you know, him him being upset or whatever, I just think it was so avoidable. And looking back, it was so unnecessary, too. Jason, were you going to say something? Yeah, I, I, I was, actually, that's what I was going to say. Um, but okay. and I think because of the timing and how they left, like, I think that I'll still have a feel a little bit more of that. I don't know, that that romance, so to speak, towards towards a new Joa or a Kandiyasa. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel like the analogy I have for Yuri is he worked his notice period like we would do. And here in the US, that would be two weeks. He That, unfortunately yeah. for him, it was a season. And he kind of showed he was turning up to work, punching his, you know, card, right? And But he was doing, I'll do the emails, I'll do the stuff that moves paper around, but I'm not going to go do that big project that you want me to do. I'm not going to put it in past five o'clock. Yeah, so that, that to me was the perfect. attitude, and it was like he was our best worker, and we get it became our most average. Yeah, he was, player, but he was overpaid. So, anyway, bro, he, he could, no, he the only thing he didn't do was dye his hair blonde, 
like Blonde <laughs> Mares. If if you remember, like the smile and the celebrations, like of Mares, like when we won the title, like just the happy little mouse, just just ear to ear smiles, and then doesn't get his move that that summer of just pouting. Mm. And he comes back with that blonde hair, and even when he would score, it was just like this subdued smile. Like it, it was it, the same shit happened, you know, with Yuri. So it sucks, but thank you for your service, sir. Uh, let's yeah, move on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. With, with your perfect, perfect. line in the um, Yeah, um, Kaglar Soyanchu, guys. Uh, I'll let you uh, take this one, Chris. You you start right, off I'll with tags. A I'll player that we we sang a song about his penis. <laughs> yes, we did. Yes, I'll we tried did. not to sing that. <laughs> I'll give the two. Um, I'll give a. Firstly, I mean, one could argue if it wasn't for the Sayuntu signing, then we wouldn't have got eighty million for Maguire. So, firstly, yeah. I'll say that was ingenious by the club. Oh. Second one to me, completely left field, but. My God, as a kid that grew up in Leicester, that photo of him and Under on Gallatry Gate on that night out where they were genuinely loving life was just so much of the feels to me. Like, I'd done that as a kid growing up from the age of 18 to 21. I'd walked that street. I'd gone to those bars. I'd visited those kebab restaurants. I'd done everything. And just seeing the look on those lads' faces on that, on that, whenever they posted that picture, brilliant like i love that that was he had he had such a smile the best hair like up there and leicester hair of all time i'm not i'm not yeah, dude. happiest turks in leicester since muzzy <laughs> i i yeah genuinely he seemed like the sort of lad that you'd love to kind of i don't know about you guys but i would love to have gone for a pint with him i think he would have been the sort of lad that you would really would have enjoyed getting to know um but yeah i mean I think we'll look back on him as well as a such a wasted opportunity. You look at the past five games, he was the best player on the pitch. We were we were listening to Brendan six months ago telling us that he wasn't even good enough to participate in first team training and ended up in like the reserve team. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think he's the epitome of the misery that this was this season. And I'm I'm glad for him that he's got the move to Atletico Madrid because I think the kid deserves it. I mean, ultimately, I think when he he was he had that spot in the middle of his career here where it wasn't the first season he looked great he then kind of dropped a little bit but whether that was just looking back whether that was related to Brendan being in charge who knows like it doesn't seem to me like this relationship between Cags and Brendan has was something that kind of catalyzed this season it most likely was something that may have been going on throughout the years that they were together. So, um, yeah, just I think this is the one that hurts the most because I could definitely see him being the sort of guy that I think could have been great in the championship with Sutter, could have been the linchpin, could have been a future captain for us, could have been someone that could have stuck around for his career at Leicester. It'll be interesting to see what he does there, but shout out to atletico because i mean they literally just saw a guy pouting essentially on the bench and just said fuck no we're not gonna pay a transfer fee for him i this is this is so easy like you you almost just it's 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 almost disgusting jimmy when you start to think about the talent and just how it went south and if you could get a you know reality show style 
I would love to have been a fly on the wall to see what the fuck went on between those two. Yeah, where's the where's the Amazon series of watching Brendan Rogers master people manager? I would have loved to see that. You know, that would be a training video on how not to inspire your workers and how to <laughs> not treat them. Uh, yeah. Like I can't mention Soyuncu without mentioning Benkovic. Sorry, they come as a package deal. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> who would have thought that? So Yenchu was the better one out of the two when we look back and you know to the future. And you know, Chris, you said like his first season was good. I'm, I think you're discounting his really first season when he was actually woeful. And we thought, who is this guy? Did we just get him? You know, like we said, we got two, we got two players for for Harry Maguire for 50% of the sales price. And he was the one that was like, Who is this guy? What have we done? But then you know. He, he was better than Benkovic. Sort of, yeah, but, but well, Benkovic. Well, Benkovic didn't even play. I think that he's the new. What I can't remember the the name of the guy who was um, that we had on our books that like we never played um, back in the championship days. Um, Dernich or whatever the kind of Eastern the other Eastern European one who was a uh, Leon Churchnich. That's the one. <laughs> like, was he a myth? Is he a zero? Is he a money laundering scam? But I think, um, look, I think th this is a bit of the Yorian reverse, isn't it? He like actually wanted to play and he wasn't allowed to. And yeah, he was soft, but he didn't pack up his bag. And I think that, that, that if anything, gets him some credit. You know, the fact that he kind of transformed from, you know, Keystone Cop to Franco Baresi in a season was kind of pretty immense as well. And, um, you know, Good luck to the lad. You know, it's going to be one of those where you keep an eye on what's going on in La Liga and how he's getting on and how many starts is he getting and and so forth. You know, certainly for the next season, and yeah. then we'll probably move on. Um, but yeah, like like you said, Chris seems like a great lad. It's weird. It's weird. Get in a headlock with him. You know, it's weird because like some of these guys, like I'm going to be like rooting against them actively for the rest of their careers. And then some of the guys like Cags, I'm I'm genuinely like wishing good things upon gems. I'm glad you said that. Jason, um your your favorite Cag uh or your thoughts on Cags. Yeah, um I'll try to make it brief because I think you guys covered a lot. But yeah I, I think Jim you're right. Like when he first came to the club pick, he did not look good at all. Like his footwork was way off. And you're like, wait a second, this guy was in the Bundesliga team of the season. That we can get into another later episode. Jordan, my brother Jordan's theory about the Bundesliga All Stars, but uh, he didn't look good. But he clearly put in the work during that summer, and then look what he became—a PFA defender, uh, PFA Team of the Year, right? And so, guy was a hell of a player, but clearly, you know, sometimes he would lose it, and we saw that against Bournemouth away. We kind of threw away top top four. Um, but I don't know. I always wondered if he just didn't respect the way that Brendan Rodgers was. They have very different kind of attitudes. Rodgers wanted to kind of always football his way and kind of always outsmart everyone else. And sometimes you have to fight your way through um, to get where you need to go. And so I don't choose that kind of character. We're missing that um, from from the squad. So um, I just I do always I think like if we had a bit more of that this season, maybe we wouldn't have been in the position we were in. And every time he was called upon, he looked very good this year. And that was really difficult to do so true. when you're not really playing 
Um, but as for like a moment, um, uh, uh, you know, aside from uh, him graciously and, and maybe not realizing what was going on, getting a photo with the New York Foxes flag uh, scarf outside the stadium. He, uh, I think that FA Cup game against um, United was, was um, I guess, a good game that kind of sums up Soyuncu at his worst and his best. And he uh, got skinned by freaking Mason Greenwood, right? And, and, you know, we gave up a goal and then busted his ass the rest of the game and powered in that header to, to you know, get us a huge win en route to an FA Cup title. So I think kind of when I think about Cags, I, I, I think about that game. More than him <laughs> punching and kicking um, a Bournemouth player in our goal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about turn? That was also a legendary one when he put yeah. – I can't remember who it was on that bum as well. Uh, I'm just laughing. I thank you for that visual memory of him in that photo with the New York with the New York uh, Foxes scarf. I, that's an all time look on someone's face. I can literally see it in my brain. So, um, for me, Kanks, um, for me, this is a unique one as an American fan. Uh, I, I, for any American fan that's dealt with anything regarding Christian Pulisic and the and the hype around that guy, my favorite Cags memory, I think personally, is when uh, Pulisic let, made his Premier League debut. He started against Leicester, and I just thought, oh, fucking hell, if he's going to score, and his first Premier League goal is going to be against Casper, and it's going to be on loop, and I'm going to have to see it 7,000 times on ESPN this week, and it's going to be terrible. And uh, instead, what happened is a CAGS masterclass, and he picked up that little Pennsylvania nugget and shoved him in his pocket, and we never saw him the rest of the night. It was absolutely beautiful. He would take him into the corner and steal the ball and just leave Pilsic in the dust. So uh, I have to thank him personally for that. That's a big one for me. Uh, thank you, sir, for your service to Lesta. Um, moving on, guys, this one for me is a little more, this one's tougher for me than uh, the previous two, and that's Dan Amarty. Um, a player that's uh, a, a kind of a player that you might have forgotten was playing for us prior to this season. Uh, he, it, it's uh, a guy that's been here a very, very long time, obviously. Coming over from Copenhagen seems like 15 years ago at this point. Uh, a club servant, if there ever was one. A guy that was forced into terrible fucking situations because of Brendan's um, fight with Soyanchu essentially, and, and forced into a position where he's playing at an age where he really should have honestly been not in that position um, where he was. Why was he still on the books? There's all sorts of questions to be asked. Um, we'll start with you, Jason, when I'd say Dan Amarty. What are your thoughts? And uh, you're going to miss him. I will miss Big Dan. He kind of had that cult um, hero status for me for a few different reasons. I think he was, in a lot of ways, like unintentionally hilarious. And he kind of always had that one piece of hair that just like just didn't go with the rest of his hair all the time. And I always wondered what was that, what that was about. And also wondered why no one ever came up with a Twitter account just for that piece of his hair. <laughs> but, um, you know, dad, dad was tough. I think you, you said it like he was 
playing in in roles and positions that you know he probably shouldn't have been in and but he he tried and i think we'll always i'll appreciate that out of den i also feel like i have a kind of personal responsibility for like what happened with Amarty's career. So a lot of folks may not realize that we signed him during the um, title winning season during that January window. Um, and if anyone has a chance, go on YouTube and look at this video of a, of a play that he made for Copenhagen, like the 96 minute, he's got the facial injury, he's wearing a mask. He runs all the way down the pitch to make a tackle, then turns around, busts his ass, goes all the way back up the pitch, wins a penalty, and celebrates winning the penalty and Copenhagen and winning the game. And I'm like, I was like, wow, like we, we got ourselves an engine here. And he just never was that. He was just always injured. The guy was always injured. And so uh, I was over the year we won the league uh, for two games, Liverpool home and Man City away, both in the beginning of, of February. And Big Dan had just joined the squad. And I saw him. Um, at the King Power before the uh, the Liverpool game. And uh, I don't know how much English he spoke at the time, so maybe he didn't even hear this and didn't mean anything to him. But I, you know, said hi to him and, and told him that, uh, wished him luck. And, and I told him that, you know, he, he came to the right place. It's going to be great for his career. Little did I know he'd spend the next five years injured. So I do feel like I, I personally jinxed Big Dan and Marty, and I do want to apologize to him and actually to all Leicester fans, you know, everywhere because, you know, we had to see Big Dan start a lot of games this season after yeah. all those horrific injuries. Yeah, he he just seemed just old out there, and that's the worst thing that I think you can say to a professional footballer. He just was – outpaced out there um jimmy your thoughts on uh, our favorite uh ghanaian player uh i think never has a youtube video kind of been have i been so excited and as jason said 2015 16 signing him over that january window and watching all his videos of his box-to-box dynamos like smashing long rangers and just sort of yeah Oh my goodness, who is this that we're going to pair with N'Golo Kante and just run midfield to the ground? And then little we know, he'll become, you know, this sort of timid, puny right back that can't really pass the ball more than five yards and you know, barely runs. You know, like you said, he got a lot of injuries. I think he was unlucky early in that, in that signing. I think it's also, I feel like a bit of like, he seemed like a very shy sort of, introverted guy apart from the, the strand maybe that was his cry for help um but you know our friend paul's favorite thing in the world wasn't it you know, amati amati um strand watch during games um but look a great servant did everything that was asked of him played in every position that we can kind of think of did his best you know i think what we also we always saw remember thinking about like Dan Amati coming back from AFCON, he ran the he ran the back line for Ghana. He's an amazing centre back. He's gonna do it, and then like not happening. And I think it's just like Daniel Amati is the epitome of potential, and and how much a player can be much better when he's not playing than when he is playing. But he just a, I think he's just a kind of like cult legend, and I'll 
probably not forget him and to see <laughs> to see where he's going is kind of insane so Speaking of that, and you know, he is linked to AC Milan. He did have yeah. that, that stretch before the World Cup this season where him and Foss did look like prime Maldini and Berezi. I mean, yeah, they, yeah. They were actually yeah, like, that's getting cheats. Uh, so, but yeah, you know, exactly. I want to yeah. put that out for the record. To me, Danny Amati is probably the first Leicester player who we signed knowing what position he played, and now he leaves the club. And I have no idea what position he's <laughs> like, That's kind of the way that we've... That's the way we're treating him, it seems. Like, as you guys pointed out, we signed him as this dynamic guy that was going to support Conte in the middle of the park. And through injuries and whatever it would be, he's probably played at every position on the bat line, I would guess. He may have even played every position on the field across his career at Leicester City. Like, yeah. I mean, I hope that AC Milan move works. I think he was also rumored. Was it Galatasaray as well that are interested? Galatasaray in also in the, in the Turkish league. So well, good luck to the guy. I mean, to me, it's sad as well. You think of the you know, there's that there's that video on the, the image on social media where the Premier League winners and every year we lose another one that gets kind of grayed out. Like this season again, we lose a Marte from that image and that. Yeah, it's just it's just another step away from that moment, which is sad. But echo you boys. I mean, yeah, uh, a guy that we never really found, whether it is through injury or opportunities, uh, a place to kind of give him that yeah. that run. Um, moving on, M- Mindy Naples, our little a little boy. He's uh, taken off. Love that man. Did some things that would uh, make you just be like, "Holy shit, who was that?" That plays for Lesta, and then one the next minute later, you'd want to curse his name. Um, who wants to start with this one, uh, Jim? Do you want to talk about Mindy? Wait, I, I know I said a Marty never as a player being overhyped when they're not playing. I think Nampolis Mendy is, <laughs> yes. is 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 the archetype. Look, look up overhyped. From absence in the dictionary and you see or the Leicester dictionary and you see an amplice Mendy. Look, I think again, clearly he's a short central midfielder and look who he was signed to replace. And I think that's like that that set him off on it. That's a foot, you know, look at the highlights of when he was at Nice and he was kind of again kind of dynamic, playing some of these long passes and kind of cross field balls and so forth, and a real engine, but I think it was a bit tough one because did he also did Wilf come in sort of similar time as well and they were similar kind of competing, timing. yes they yes. were competing for that spot you know we kind of thought um so i think he never really bedded in um probably had one of the worst performances i've seen in in a long time in in in, in, a, in recent history with his performance against millwall where he we got knocked out in the cup and you know, that was probably one of our worst performances ever under Ranieri, wasn't it, that season? And, like, couldn't even play a pass more than five yards. I think he didn't even reach a player that was five yards away. And we thought, who is this guy? But, again, kind of turned up, had a good game. If he, if you know, didn't do anything stupid, if you wanted a five-yard five yard sideways pass, then he was your man, uh, shuffling around, scuttling around. And... um I think he's going to be up. See you later, but probably won't really think about you when you're gone. 
yeah, neutral player for me that I'm not going to wish against or anything. He's one of those that, Matt, you think about on FIFA. Okay, I'll probably just sell him and some random club <laughs> will come in for two million pounds and yeah. I'll take the two million pounds and I'll buy, <laughs> you know, Alex Scott from Bristol City to replace yeah my my thing i'll always remember about mendy is the fact that the dude literally was off the team didn't make the squad and then impressed the african cup of nations and then and then somehow impresses brendan enough remember that to get back in the squad for brendan and start games get jason i love the idea that when he comes back from if the story ever came out he came back from afcon he just had his medal around his neck as he walked back into seagrave and brendan was like oh what's that and he's like i just won and he's like oh, okay get in the squad like yeah that would be happy mendy as an afcon winner i don't know why i just think it is hilarious Awesome. He, for most of his time at Leicester, I think was the most, just it was one of the most unremarkable tenures I think I'd, I'd ever seen. I think he was pretty decent for a good chunk of this season. Was actually one of our better players, but he, but yeah. he, I don't think he had made a forward pass for Leicester City Football Club until this season. <laughs> and. You know, he was a player for me that would hide often and just try to make the most conservative play as often as possible. And also just kind of just would like give me anxiety every time we defended a corner because it always seemed like somehow Rogers decided that that Pappy Mendy belonged in the box defending corners. And then he would go up against like a Lewis Dunk or some guy that's three times yeah. the size. So I just, those are just things that, that I don't get, but uh, you know, we talked about the great foresight and, and uh, signing Soyanchu before we got rid of Maguire's, so we kind of had the successor kind of in the wings and that's Leicester city recruitment at its best. But Pepe Mendy is, is a throwback to one of our more interesting uh, recruitment strategies, which is when we just tried to sign lookalikes to our good players that were leaving. So we did the same thing, like in short succession, where we lost in Golo Kante. And it's like, oh, well, here's another, you know, short um, Frenchman of African, you know, heritage, you know, uh, I don't know, Africa, it's a country somewhere. And he's, you know, uh, the fans won't notice. No, not at all. And, um, and he could have been any different than, than, um, Ingola Kante at the at the end of the day, and it was like the same thing that we did when we had Mars left. I'm like, well, you know, maybe they won't he's notice. Algerian, Rashid Gazal kind of looks like him. He's French Algerian, also, you know, and they'll never know. It looks like him. He sounds he was, fast. It was the lead happy, like uh, recruitment. You know, it was that the Jamie Vardy lookalike that that postman <laughs> with the cast. Like it, we went, we were just looking. For a full kit wanker who kind of looks a bit like our star players, like get him in, he can't be anywhere. Yeah. I also do. I don't know why I've always liked Pappy's nickname. I don't know why I just like saying Pappy Mendy. I just this is fun to say. It's fun to say. I don't know why. Well, uh, and then the KRS one chant that never quite took off. Well, I was about to give you credit. I don't even. I don't even want you to have to say it because it's one of my favorite chants, and it's fully Jason Becker and the New York Foxes. That I don't know. I, you know, I don't know if I was the one who came. I think someone from Leicester actually came up with that. Really? Like on yeah. Foxes talk, I was and then we kind of like, oh my, this is perfect. 
And uh, yeah, we, we, we would get a few airings at, at Football Factory for sure. Um, all right. Yeah. So anybody else uh, want to say anything on Mr. Mindy? Take care, Muggsy Bogues. Of most last most surprising goal ever that he yeah. scored. As well. <laughs> yes. One goal he ever scored. Yes. It was like the what? What the hell? Was that Yuri Tillerman? Wait a minute. Who was that? That's a great shout. That's a great shout, Jimmy. I'm glad that you uh, remembered that. I think that it might have been his only shot. <laughs> yeah, in, his, in, his, in his career, probably. <laughs> but the man is an AFCON winner, so we got to put some respect on his name. For yeah. sure. Um, next guy that uh, we'll we'll sum up. We kind of, Jason, you kind of spoke on him earlier, Mister Ao Pettis. Yeah. He, uh, he, whoa, you want to talk about somebody that could make you pull your hair out and can divide Leicester fans on their opinion. Uh, I'll just say it real quick. Best memory I have of Aote is the uh, hat trick in the 9 nothing. Um, and quite frankly, beyond that, I can't really remember anything of noteworthy that he ever did for us ever. Uh, Jim, your thoughts on uh, Aote? He assisted the goal that we scored to win the FA Cup. Very fair, yes. Good, good. The the non uh, handball. That's good. Chris? He had the greatest social media game <laughs> I've ever seen as a lesson. Even his goodbye video. I mean, and that came out today. That was great. I mean, to your point, it was just legitimately the FA Cup, the nine nil, and his moment in Copenhagen on repeat with like a Leicester badge thrown in there. That was it. But is he? He had the best social media game. Like every weekend, it, it wouldn't just be a picture; it'd be a video. It'd be mm-hmm. him looking normally of him in a hot tub yeah. on slow motion. Yes, remember, like if, remember. Sorry, sorry. If Yuri Tillemans' goodbye video was made by Apple, his iPhone moments, um, <laughs> then Ayazi <laughs> Perez's was made by I don't know Jerry Bruckheimer or something. <laughs> Two players in Leicester City to ever have their initials stylized into a logo. One, Casper Schmeichel. That's cool. You're Casper Schmeichel. You're a fucking legend. The second, AOC Perez. <laughs> I don't know. We None of you guys need to answer this, but I want to just throw it out there in the universe. Um, how many more points would we have gotten if we kept AOC Perez on the side and did not sign Tete? Mm. A lot more than we got ended up with is my might have got an extra point or two out of it. I think. Yeah, same can be I've... said for Albrighton. If we're being, I mean, I think I more. Than we'll Albrighton. get into Tete in exactly one player. Well, we wouldn't uh, have got three points against Villa if we didn't have Tete. Perhaps. Ooh, good. But then we wouldn't have got any. We didn't. Get... <laughs> I mean, that's the next player on my list is Tete, and he has one moment. Uh, in you just said it, Jim. So yes, Tete, sorry. The first Brazilian in Leicester City history, <laughs> he scored in his debut, and we will never see him again. Uh, I think that pretty much sums up his time. Uh, no, I got another Tete one. Okay, I have, I have a favorite Tete moment, and a Tete. He was the only one. guy that looked good in that shit show of a shirt last year. Like, like that, physically like, looking that shirt was disgusting last year. Let's be honest. The collar was floppy. It was just a disgusting color of blue. It didn't work. But seeing the T-E-T-E with the little 
I don't know what the the kind of umlaut, or I don't quite know what the, the circumflex. Umlet, the circumflex, yeah. thank you. Above the E. I remember emailing the club shop saying, have you mm-hmm. got this in yet? And they're like, oh, we're on delay until we get them sent from the Premier League to get if them actually put on the kit. I mean, Three he was weeks. the only guy that looked good in that shirt last year. Montrosity of a shirt, Montrosity of a yeah, season. Chris, that was my, Chris, that's my take he didn't, he didn't run fast enough for his shirt to get the collar go floppy. That's why. <laughs> Let's. I can tell you, Chris. Three week. It was a three week delay, and it was just long enough because you know, if you remember on the podcast, I said if he scored in his debut, I would order his shirt. And what was ironic about it is, you ordered the shirt. If you ordered the shirt after that game, it it there was a three week delay, and that was just enough time to realize that you'd wasted your fucking money <laughs> on that jersey. Jason. I made a terrible mistake. Oh. Yeah, uh, Tete, I mean, all we want, there are two things that, you know, I always think about, like, two things I always wanted as a Leicester City fan was to one, to win the FA Cup, and two, to finally sign a Brazilian. I mean, look at all the Brazilians, like, Burrow have had out, you know, and, like, clubs like that. And we still had never had a Brazilian. We finally got one. And he, like, it wasn't a Brazilian that just had, like, a regular guy's name like he was a one-named brazilian too which is like makes it makes it even better and and then he comes in and with all the hype and he looks so good as you know against villa and he was just uh, he was stuck Jason, and uh, uh my favorite tete moment though was okay. before he i think before his the signing was even official we played walsall in the cup Walsall away at the cup mm-hmm. and there was a guy in the away end who clearly like just went on his like work computer and printed a paper or <laughs> Brazil, uh, like Brazilian flag and brought it to the game and we scored and there's a great photo of like our team's like celebrating with the fans and some guys just holding up an some, eight by ten some eight by ten like <laughs> Brazilian flag on a just a regular piece of printer paper, paper. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, my theory, though, about why why Tete was as bad as it was, was uh, he was doing all the right things early. And he um, kept posting those, like, really endearing videos. And he was, like, going into his classroom and doing his English classes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, like, that's the kind of guy, like, we like that's adorable. I mean, he really cares. He's only here for a loan, but maybe maybe he'll want to stay. He's really trying to learn the language, and so that's what he's posting on Instagram for his for his English videos. But if you look at what other Premier League players who are taking English classes are posting on their on their social media accounts, there's this like model lady who is like giving classes like giving private one-on-one classes and she's always doing like cute like tiktoks with her players and dressed in like you know like revealing outfits and doing her like little games with 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 each of the players and tete's posting these videos and, and instagram stories of him and just like in a drab classroom looks like he's in you know 13 years old in detention or in study hall yeah dude mandatory study hall and he probably looked around and said oh this is what i get compared to those guys i'm i can't do this <laughs> this is miserable and then he stopped let's not forget his first and he stopped dreams. posting those english videos the, those english yeah. lessons too it was like yeah. he was on that, that whiteboard that doesn't quite erase the previous yeah. lessons and stuff like that um 
but you know his first two games were also like that false dawn weren't they for us where we beat Villa you know he was like a legend and then we beat Spurs the following week and then we just went to dog shit completely after that and it was that was the kind of oh well you know I think that was the start of oh we'll be all right we'll turn it around and then we never did yeah no we did not all right guys we've saved him for last because I know (laughs) If this player means the most to the four of us the, um, on this podcast, personally, um, Ryan Bertrand will unfortunately be leaving us after one of the most successful spells that a player could have at a club. Um, Chris, when we talk about the Chelsea legend that came over and, and made his impression on this club, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you uh, when you think of Mr. Bertrand? <laughs> that I think that Chris was happen. actually frozen, even though Chris was frozen. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I was thinking, I we're was just thinking. in so, silence. That's even better. Okay, so, um, Matt, Jason, I owe an apology. So, as a 15 year old kid playing football manager, playing FIFA, I used to look at this American model of, oh, you have a coach and you have a general manager. And the idea is that the general manager, he's in charge of the squad. He's in charge of picking the players. He's in charge of the draft. And the coach, his job is to take those players and he's supposed to make the best of them for that season. And then we reevaluate again. 2022-2023 has made me realize as a Leicester City fan that we should never, ever, 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 unless we're, and we'll talk about it later, getting a manager that we feel can do it, give the responsibility of our manager anything in terms of transfers. Because ultimately, if we do that, we end up with Ryan Bertrand. So on behalf of myself, I apologize to you guys because I didn't believe it. I didn't believe that the general manager concept worked, but you can always come back to me now and say, Ryan Bertrand, and I'll be like, sir, you win. Because that's how bad it was. I, this is mine and then we'll move on from this. But at the time, Chris, this was when we, when we signed, uh, Mr. Bertrand at the time, it was just you and I doing the podcast. And I remember the first photos coming out when he was holding the Jersey and being like, Hmm. And I think I even said on the pod at the time, I was like, dude, looks a little fluffy. This a little like this, a little fluffy. And then uh, the the first preseason photos came out, and that is the first time that we uh, dropped the muffin top moniker on him. Um, a player that uh, just Jim, take it away, man. So I do have a genuine favorite Ryan Bertrand moment. When he got sent off when we won nine nil. Yes, and to think. <laughs> Watching that guy, what like, what what has ever made him the target? Look, on paper, it was kind of we'd lost Chilwell. We needed a left back. We had we had Luke Thomas, and we had nothing. And we thought, let's have someone who's a bit more. I don't had the Chilwell gone then, or was he on his way? We had lost, uh, or we had lost Fuchs. Yes, we had. 
and we need we're looking to replace we needed a, we need a senior pros who could kind of bring on luke thomas yes you could and so on paper he was a you know he said the right things didn't he when he got signed and i i just think it's like sorry to you know but you know maybe he just never got over COVID, and it, like it seemed to just crush him and then he was gone the preseason he actually didn't look like he was the worst player in the world Matt, i know he looked out of shape and i, I totally agree well but now he, I'm, you're making me feel like shit because no no <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm just trying to you know me i just try and be yeah for sure you're for sure but um there was there was hope and then the hope was dashed and then and then he became a leech on our on our road to debt and I think that's what he'll be remembered for, like that he, you know, he's not going to quit, right? But he didn't contribute to anything. He didn't get any minutes. He didn't, like, if you look up on things like FB ref now for stats for this season, John Warmlington shows up as a youth team right back as part of like the squad, even though he had zero minutes, because I think he had a, a game on the bench. Ryan Bertrand doesn't even show up in the list of players for 2022, 2023. <laughs> so that's about as much as I think I can say about him. Sorry, Matt, I didn't mean to feel bad. No, you're, I mean, you're fine. I, I just, you know, I don't, maybe it's better if Jason takes it. Cause it was a, it was a signing that from, from day one for me, I was just, I, there were better options in my opinion. Yeah, I thought like, oh, okay, this might make sense. It makes you know sense. I I talked to uh, to other people and other fans about him, but wow, I guess only Leslie would go bang nine goals past the team and then sign two of the defenders responsible for that. So, um, I do I have a, a favorite Ryan Bertrand moment? I guess my if I my favorite Ryan Bertrand moment would be that you know anytime I've ever been. Um, in Leicester and, and out to eat, he's never walked by and taken food off my plate. And I guess <laughs> I'll take that. Okay, uh, Chris, anything else you wanted to say about him? And, and all right, cool. Well, there you have it. Our Ryan Bertrand season twenty two twenty three magic skills assists and goals highlight. Yeah, just a nothing player that you won't remember. Um, and when you're trying to. It would be, it'd be a good trivia question years from now about like a player that was signed and didn't play. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it'll be like Ryan Bertrand or Sean Saint Ledger. I do have Sean to say Saint Legend. about your comment. Your comment about like only Leicester City would sign two players that contributed to a nine nil win for us. Ryan Bertrand was only when he got sent off. It was one nil to Leicester. Yeah, but he got a red card that game. I know, but you know what? I'm, I'm terrible kidding. red I'm card. Kidding. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that was Brendan's like. So, oh well, if he'd have stayed on, we'd have only won two nil. So yeah. he, he, that's how great a defender he is. Only Brendan uh, could do that. Are we going to say goodbye to Brendan, Matt? Are you? Don't even want to mention that guy. <laughs> I, we, I think we already. Yeah, I think we covered did. that. Yeah, with the, yeah, with yeah, the goodbye yeah. bye, podcast. Bye. Um, let's talk about players that are back guys. Um, we've got some players returning that, that might excite you depending on where you're looking. Hamza Chowdhury signed an extension. He will be back next year. Victor Christensen has already, you know, stated how excited he is to play in the championship next season. He seems like a player watching him this year. 
uh, just seemed like a guy that needs a little refinery in his game and but the kind of guy that has a high energy and and the kind of engine that you need uh in in the championship so uh when we talk about that guys anything there excites you about hamza coming back uh jason when when seeing christensen talk about how stoked he is to go up and then also the rumors of johnny evans which we can dive into that um i don't know i I always had, I always kind of liked Hamza, and so it'd be nice to see someone actually like give a crap out there and like not be a pushover and not be so nice and actually like go after uh, an opposition player. And I think that's yeah, where I am too. I'd say about that for sure. If they sell, if they sell Katie, I mean the rumor of Luton Town wanting to spend big to buy KDH. If KDH goes, is I can see a world where Hamza Chowdhury is a captain on this squad. In the championship, I don't think we're signing KDH. I think he'll become. I think he's the linchpin. I, I don't. I. I know you might give me that look. I don't think we're signing KDH. I'm. I'm just laughing at the fact that we joked all season. It's so ironic in the Premier League we were bemoaning the fact we didn't have a left back, and now we go into a Championship season with two players that we consider to be Championship left backs: Luke Thomas, that we said all year. With someone that needs to go so to the championship side to get his get his legs, and now we got Christiansen that's going to join as a play left back. So we have a we have an epitome. We have more than two of the players at left back, I suppose. Man, um, that, can I just spend two minutes? The Evans stuff annoys Please. me. Please, yeah, um, yeah. So he comes out after the game. And yeah, what the fuck was says, that? Okay, guys. the same goodbyes in there, and then a week later we're coming out and we're saying that we're discussing a new contract. Like I want to get your boy's opinion on this. Like what are we expecting from him next year? Like, is it purely a club ambassador role? I mean, this year we wanted him to play. He played one game, got plantar fasciitis, was out for six months, then got an injury. Then look, came back, looked like he pulled his hamstring in the first 15 minutes of the game that he came back. Like, what are we expecting next year from a player like that? Like to me, he isn't like I understand when we go down at times, you're looking for those older, mature players to give that sense of calm and stability and experience in the championship. But I'd argue that we've got Harry Sutter in the squad, a guy that's been there and done it in the championship. Like, why Jamie not Vardy. him? <laughs> but, whoever, well, like, like, I just don't know what Evans is going to bring next year to the table that is going to allow us to be better or whether it's just going to be a waste. I'm with you. And I know Jason, you're going to say, who knows if, if, if Vards will still be there, but I'm, I'm with you, Chris. Uh, I sent it in our, in our little private message that we have the dude, he couldn't, can't survive in the premier league, you know, at his age, just getting beat the hell up, let alone going into the championship, add four teams, add a bunch of 20 year olds trying to make a name for themselves. I don't see any way. That he survives in the in in the championship, uh, Jason. Like, yeah, it, and, and it no you're sense. playing more games in that division um, in a condensed schedule. When when Evans did come back at the end of the season, he actually did look good, which was really surprising considering how far he's been up. There's no doubt that the man is a very very good defender, and he knows how to organize the back line. He's good at his job as a defender. Now he's been a captain of now two sides that have gotten relegated. And for me, I'm less concerned about his injury record and more concerned 
with the fact that he had no idea how and why this team could have possibly been relegated. He had absolutely no answers, did not have any thoughts about that, just was completely baffled, didn't know what to say, didn't know what to do. And I'm sorry, you just cannot have that kind of like character around the squad who's supposed to be a leader. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. The, and you know, (laughs) in no world does it make sense to me that, he would think about i when i when i saw the thing that they're in discussions with johnny evans i about like there are 10 players i would have said that they're in discussions with signing a new contract with with before i would have thought that the scarecrow was one of those players talking about coming back next year jim yeah um i don't know about i don't know about like him coming back and like i don't even know what the team's gonna look like to be honest i'm a bit like yeah i'm a bit like lost for words i'm probably grateful on but (laughs) um like it just seems a mess like i think this is the this is the biggest concern about you know we what are we gonna like i'm hoping we'll get some clarity on the manager next week like again back to this club having no plan we fire brendan we have no idea who's coming in we have you know statler and waldorf um managing us for two games um and then we have like you know then we have dean smith and crew coming in and you know a little upturn and then but now we don't have a plan again like we don't know like are we waiting for you know maresca to come in because he's going to win the champions league with man city and then we we can talk to him haha ha, right um but we need to get something going because we need to have like chris as you said this sort of we don't even seem to have a plan on like yeah the general manager is going to go and buy the players who you know because we don't have a freaking clue what the identity of the team is going to be we don't know the play style we don't know anything this is not like where brentford get rid of dean smith and bring in thomas frank but they have a system and they play this this is not like red bull where they bring in same manager same manager we have a system this is not like brighton for christ's sake you know this is like we have no freaking clue there's talk about you know us getting just completely decimated from a you know squad you know perspective our players getting picked off because how much money we lost uh, are in the hole and we're losing too many players that had asset value for nothing so we basically know madison's not going to cover madison's gone he's not going to cover the the rebuild Uh, we might not even get market value for madison now because we're down and they know how desperate we are so that probably means harvey barnes is going and i think like back to evans Unless he's going to take a massive pay cut, I'm sorry, but thanks, Johnny, but no thanks anymore. Yeah. We can get someone who's going to turn up for five games, have some experience, and probably be on 10 grand a week or 20 grand a week, not 60, 70, 80 grand a week. Um, so, unless he's got like some sort of feeling in his heart that, oh, I owe the club and I'll do another year, but not likely. Um, because this is probably his last season he can make any real money like 
that to me is like you know we talked about the excitement of like oh what if you know there's you know read fox's talk read all the rumors about all these great players you know these not great players but players that could be exciting that got some dynamism you know hamer are we going to go get steal people from coventry there's another brazilian for you even though he's kind of not really a true you know he's brazilian born um don't buy a shirt matt um (laughs) but like you know chair from qpr another promising box-to-box midfielder you know we had some of these we were linked with in the premier league like lafay some of these not like those guys but like those sort of dynamic box-to-box so we know we need pace we know we need speed we know we need energy in the middle to cover from the lack of organization and i don't know is wolf going to go for what you know we'll probably go to napoli to talk you know 12 million 15 million quid right and it's we'll be grateful to get some money and get him off the wage books too i feel like that's the thing but we can't do any rebuild until we know who's coming in and we need top and rugkin to yeah your horse is running in the derby well well done but can you sort of help out this club that's in the shit right now (laughs) i naively thought that we'd be able to get into rudkin on this episode and we're already at an hour 20 so we'll have we'll we'll do that we need to rudkin Rudkin magic skills and we have a huge task on our hands and it can already condensed off season because the championships start sooner and um i don't know some some genius or geniuses at the club decided that we should still go ahead with this trip to Asia before. So it's going to make it even di- more difficult if we have to do any, make any late signings. Um, and so we're going to be in, in, in Thailand and Singapore, you know, a week before yeah. the season's right. A week before we have to play fucking Plymouth Argyle who, you know, have been just training in the mud and the mire. We're coming back from a Singapore trip. It's, it's laughable, Chris. You're muted, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> uh, there you go. There you go. Sorry about. I just googled. Um, so we're three weeks away from preseason training starting. If you go on last year, so last three year pre-season, preseason training started on the twenty eighth of June last Sweet. year. If you go off the LCFC Sweet. website, so we've got three weeks until that starts. We've got one week until the window opens, <clears throat> and we need a manager and no manager. We need a squad. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a hell of a hell of a three weeks. Like, hold on tight, boys and girls, because <laughs> this is going to fly. But um, we one 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 name I was interested in getting your guys' opinion on uh, JJ. Like, do you think that Justin is someone that we're going to lose this window, or do you think, given the injury, we may get him for at least the first half of the championship? Because, I mean, that but quality quality back yes we've got ricardo but somebody that's flexible maybe can play inside as well but i just one of those names that's going under the radar at the moment i just wonder what you guys thought about that he is the one player he's one player that i have some hope that we'll be able to keep yes agree that'd, that'd be cool i love his work rate i love everything about jj's heart i think he's a player that could do very special things he's not only a defensive monster he's a box box guy and the motherfucker can score goals like we've seen it we've he's scored some great goals so i think he's just the kind of player that we could use we just need to see if he's going to be healthy if like true it'll be the same because where where that acl is yeah um Cool, guys. Well, I think there's a, one more big topic that we got to discuss, and that's the sell of James Madison. And your thoughts on him as a player, his legacy, quote-unquote, as a player, if he has one. 
Um, I just I want to go around the room and get your thoughts on him now that uh, it's very clear that he's heading out. Uh, and just your thoughts on our quote unquote number 10 for the last few years. Let's start with you. Um, Chris, do you want to take it? One year too late. I think we should have sold him last summer. Unfortunately, it's going to be, it's the, we talked about this on the podcast, but I think we're too late to the party with him. Quality player destined. I think it's been great to see his growth, excited for him in his future. Um, I think, Infamy wise, I mean, that post a few months ago might go down in history as probably the craziest of Leicester City players' posts on social media. Shout out media. Rob Tanner. Shout out Rob <laughs> fucking Tanner. But uh, yeah, no, I think one of those one of those players that will rue yeah. not letting go a year ago, I think. Well, speaking of crazy social media posts, I, I did want to just make my background one of my favorite moments in the last in the championship was what was Paul Gallagher's. Our, our favorite Preston North End player for, for Leicester City. Um, his d- Twitter debut is is right behind me. And and what an entrance that was. Just going on Twitter, saying he's ready for the banter, and then he's off to go smash his wife's back doors. And- <laughs> <laughs> We've had two Preston North End references today with Sean St. Ledger as well today. So uh, that's good stuff. Jimmy, your thoughts on... Um- the clear backpack, what could have been, what ended up being a player that, in my opinion, is ego got in the way of his game. I agree with Chris. I think we should have tried to look. I think he was, look, hindsight, we should have tried to sell him. But I think reality, we probably should have sold Yuri harder. We should have got rid of Yuri harder last season. You know, I think he signed the contract in a way to sort of say, yeah, sell me and he'll get some money. And then we didn't sell him. I think Madison, yeah, he was on his up, but I think he was still going up. And I think he was sort of the guy we were going to build the team around. And coming into the start of the season, yeah, we had a shit show of a summer, right? We did, we lost, we lost Fafana before the, you know, the, the window closed and that, that screwed us. I think there was some hope that, Hey, actually, if Fafana's back, if Madison's back, we've got a team that we can build around. If Yori wants to put it in, I think that was that what if he's sending another year and if we start playing well, well, maybe he'll stay longer and, you know, it'll all be in the past. And then all of a sudden the wheels fall off right in the end of the summer. And that, that kind of fucked us. And I think, like, to be fair, Madison tried and he did put it in and he was... We talked about this during the start of the season where we were like, hey, Harvey Barnes and James Madison are going to play their asses off to get in the World Cup squad. And Harvey Barnes got injured and sort of fell off a bit. And Madison played himself into the World Cup squad and he was our sort of one shining light. And the run that we had, he was dragging us. I think we think about the XG that we should have had. We think about like what was happening, sorry, not the XG, we should have had the goals we should have had versus our XG. He was overperforming and we were getting results because of him overperforming and scoring yeah. goals. Um, then he got injured during the World Cup. I know, I think, not sure. The, I think the thing is, great, really good player. I don't think, again, he's not in the Riyad Mahrez category. He's not in, in that. And that's not because he didn't contribute to winning a league. I think it leaves a sour taste in the mouth that, the way he didn't admit that we were in trouble, 
that it was not a big deal. We didn't need to worry about it. But I think that's it. That's kind of my look. If he goes to, I don't know. I think he'll probably go to someone like a Newcastle or a um, or a Villa type. You know, top. He's in a not going to. Yeah. I don't know Tottenham. So he'll get his sort of odd Champions League games, and I don't think he'll get much else. And I'm glad he got an England squad, and that's about it. Again, I feel like I'm when he leaves, I'm not going to really be bothered. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. that sounds horrible to say, but. No, it doesn't at all, man. I'm just trying to be truthful. With no, I, I, mean. I, I was just going to echo that, Jim. I think that's fair. I also think that maybe matters... Yes, we looked on those comments that he made earlier in the season, but ultimately he was most likely voicing the opinion of the squad as a whole, and he was the only one that came out and said it. Yeah. And as such, we as Leicester fans went straight to that and being like, oh, Maddis is saying it, we're going to do what it is. But in reality, that must have been the thinking of the squad and the manager the whole season. And I, yeah. It was Brendan's mouth. Chris, yeah, yeah, you're, exactly. you're absolutely right. Every, they all believe that. They all believed what Matt, what Madison said. And Rogers believed the same thing. That mm -hmm. a, a side that couldn't you know, get more than a point off of Southampton that formatted the double on was good enough to stay up. And if they kept playing like they were, it'd be fine when they were not playing well. Southampton had plenty of chances, missed a penalty that game. Right. Madison yeah. is one of those players, we don't get our highs without him, right? Without him, just his individual brilliance and, and everything that he did. But sometimes you, when you have to look back and you have an honest assessment of his time at, at the club, when there was a big game, or like a high stakes game where everything was on the line, we just didn't really get anything from him in, in those moments. And sometimes it's because he tried to do too much. You know, maybe he would have gone down a lot earlier without Madison on the squad. But in those games where we needed it the most this year, he gives the ball away against Bournemouth, costs us mm -hmm. that game, mm -hmm. misses the penalty against Everton right then and there. I mean, they're, they're, that's survival right there. Um, yeah, and could, could have passed in a couple situations for tap in goals uh, late in the year that could have also kept us up. So for me, Matters is uh, a player that I'll remember him for goals. You know, a game that sticks out when I think James Madison, I think about this is hilarious. I do this, but the gray and orange uh, kit that we had that year with the orange stripes, we we beat Chelsea and they did the wolf out matters goal. Like I'll remember moments like that. Uh, but as far as like that, I mean, he played 20 minutes in the FA cup. Uh, it's, it's tough. And yeah, you're exactly right. We, we would have been down probably by Christmas this year without him. <laughs> um, but, but then uh, when we had a chance to actually save the season. Yeah. You didn't know. Show up. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Most, most said phrase this season: "Pass the fucking ball matters." Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. You're uh, or or for fuck's sake, what are we doing? Probably exactly the, the right. Phrases dude. that summarize my. Um, 
All right, guys, we're going to wrap this thing up. It's been an hour and a half, uh, but we've had so much. 90 minutes of shit, hell. Yes, literally. We've had so much to get through, but we'd be remiss if we did not acknowledge your amazing contributions on Twitter. We asked for your guys' questions and comments on the end of the season, and you did not disappoint. Shout out to, first of all, all our first question from Zachary Harden, longtime friend of the podcast. I heard rumors that we will lose FBS as a sponsor because of relegation. If you guys have to pick what sponsor should we get and who should we avoid? I don't know if that's true. Has anyone heard that about FBS? I, I've heard it, but I'm not sure it's true. If I'm FBF, FBS, uh, I might be asking for a refund or to terminate that because they put pumped mm-hmm. in a lot of money with the expectations that it would be on Premier League shirts. So, um, yeah, I think that's still to be determined. Yeah, As of I now, know. they're the sponsor, but have heard some stories about pictures of the shirts with and without the sponsor. Yes, uh, can't confirm that. Um, I would say FBS, I, I, I right along your thoughts, Jason, I would say FBS does not stand for fucking bullshit, and that's what this season was. And I think if I had to pick a if I had to pick one, I would say Amazing Thailand would look good on there. If not the KP Zach, uh, we've had this once. But when we went down, remember guys, when we went down in two thousand two, sure. we went from Walker's Crips to LG. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Man. it's not it's what not a important. moment for us, though. By the way, an actual big brand. Did, I I know that was big in your life, Chris, when we had an actual big brand on our shirt. So now, Zach, uh, summing it up, I have not heard that. Um, but there are <laughs> I, multiple I, good. I, I'd like to see. Sorry, Walkers always. Yeah, always want to see Walkers back on. Um, and then uh, I, I know it would never be allowed because alcohol sponsors are not allowed anymore. But. Everards would uh would probably that'd be, be sick. That'd mm-hmm. be sick. Loros would be cool too if we can't get a sponsor because no one wants to sponsor us. We that that'd be good. We, can't, we can't afford to subsidize Loros. Need to give us the money this time. Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, so true. Great uh, institution, by the way. That, we, um, we bring back companies from the past, Alliance and Leicester and Tops Tiles. Perfect. Uh, yeah. Yeah. How about DM installations? That's one, uh, <laughs> that's one that I'm yeah. looking for. Yeah. DM installations on the front of the shirt. Shout out to the Mag family. Uh, next question. Friend of the pod. Great friend of the pod. Holy shit. Great friend of the pod. Wade. And uh, if you guys were at the Fan Fest, you know who Wade oh, is. Yeah. He's a legend down Even if south. you weren't at the Fan Fest, you know who Wade legend. Is. Even if you don't. Know what, a, what a guy. Wade says, since we won't have the Fan Fest this year, referring to the uh, NBC Sports Premier League Fan Fest that we won't be attending this year, where am I meeting everyone to catch games next season? I can tell you guys, we, this has already been in discussions. We are currently um, looking at places that would be a good option for us to all meet next year. Uh, whether we do it on one of the coasts, either New York or, say, San Diego, or we do it in the middle of the country in Kansas. We've talked about doing that. We will have an event this year where we are going to get together to watch a game as a group. Uh, it, and it will be fun. We will keep you in the loop. Uh, guys, your comments on that, Chris. I'm amazed by the number of places in the United States that are called Leicester. That's like, I, I actually Googled it and it is, there's a lot more than I thought there were, but so, yeah, Matt, I think, yeah, I think we got to give a shout out to our friend, Chris Watts, who pushes Asheville, North Carolina 
every time we talk about an event and i think he would probably host it in his house hopefully his <laughs> poor wife kate will um be sympathetic but actually there is a leicester right by asheville north carolina as well so it's got the breweries it's got the vibe it's it'll have a it's san diego light so we could do it i will say i'm I, it's gonna happen and i'm really excited for it we, we are trying to figure out where the best location would be but i i'm really excited for it to be our event just for leicester fans like just a, a fan-led event and not something that we have to piggyback you know on a network or the private league for it will it'll be you know all of us and it's gonna be an awesome time I guarantee yeah. it, guys. We will have a fucking blast. And yeah, Jason Deco, your sentiments, some of the some of the scheduling and shit, the way the Premier League treated this club this year. Uh, I would love nothing more than to put another dollar in their pocket at those events. Uh, so that is my opinion on that matter. Our last question comes from the Canadian Foxes. They say, How many shots should I do to forget about this season? All of them. All of them. The Crown Royal, that Apple Crown Royal, that would be my go-to. I've had that. That stuff's pretty good. Jason, see if you, you see, They should see if, if you can get a, a, a bottle of that skate whiskey. It was this whiskey, Canadian whiskey that came in a, in a like a plastic like ice hockey skate. A, a skate, that really? To, to use. That's, that's perfect. That would be great. So there's your answer, Canadian Foxes. Thank you for everyone that submitted a question or a comment, guys. Um, and, yeah, thank you uh, for just being here all year with us. It's been uh, – this has been the fourth season that we've been doing this podcast. I do say that despite the club's performance, I will say it's the best season for the pod. Um, the addition of Jim and Jason this year, I can't tell you guys how much you have added as far as – your knowledge and your humor. We, Chris and I can't thank you enough. I know I speak for Chris when I say you, you've really taken this to the next level for us. So thank you so much, boys. It's, it's been awesome. Been an honor. I, just happy to be here and being asked. So thank you. I just like getting to see and talk to my friends. So Love that's a hundred percent. Wait, right, this boys. is a podcast. One last question <laughs> from me before we go. Cause I think every Leicester fans thinking this, Five seconds. First thought comes to your head. Next time we speak, who is the Leicester City manager? Go, Jim. Mark Robbins. Matt. Graham Potter. Jason. Dean Smith. Dean Smith. Chris, Chris says Dean Smith. Not necessarily. All right, guys. Well, just as long as it's not Steven Gerrard, we can we can then work. Yes, hundred percent. And I will say that I and am the Roger. only one on the podcast drinking tonight, so my optimism level may be a little higher than the other three when I say Graham Potter. Uh, on that note, thank you all for joining us as always for not only this episode but another awesome season. Um, it, like I said, this is just a discussion between friends, and the fact that y'all tune in every week. The numbers just blow my mind every time I look in and I see, you know, we have listeners in Johannesburg and places like that. So shout out to wherever you are in the world. If you're listening to the podcast right now, we love you. We couldn't do it without you. And uh, we'll be doing it all next year. And uh, this summer we've talked about doing maybe every two, three week episodes. Anytime there's breaking news that's worthy of a discussion. I think we covered as far as a wrap up tonight. It's been perfect. We're looking at an hour and 40 minutes. So, um, yeah, 
anything big breaks, look for us on Twitter. Other than that, guys, enjoy your summer. Uh, and thank you for joining us as always on the U.S. Foxes podcast. For Jason, Jim, and Chris, thank you for joining us this season. And we will see you next time on the U.S. Foxes podcast. Cheers, guys. Peace.